peaches, apples, and other forbidden fruit. Written and read by Jam Girl. Chapter 16, Rumor. April, 2020. Bless you for driving our June bug here. I always get so nervous when she's making that drive. Her driving? Wow. It leaves something to be desired, if you know what I mean. Mama! Don't worry, Mrs. Fell. I'm well aware. Oh, sweetie pie. You can call me Charlotte. And you just make yourself right at home, you hear? They were standing outside on the half-circle drive in front of Zira's family home. Crowley had let out a stream of expletives when she pulled the truck through the iron gate, and the house, white columns and all, came into view. Fuck, Zira, she had said. I knew your family was rich, but fuck. Zira had felt herself blushing. It was embarrassing somehow. Is that a fucking fountain? Now, the truck was parked, and Zira's daddy was carrying all of their luggage inside. He had insisted he get the bags without any help, even though Zira knew his back wasn't what it once was. He was pig-headed and stubborn, so it was no use spending energy arguing. It was warm out. The kind of warmth that meant it was the dead of summer in Asheville but in Macon was just on par for a balmy April day. Spring had always been Zira's favorite season growing up because she could wear pretty spring dresses and enjoy being outside before the oppressive heat of a Georgia summer set in. Crowley was with Zira as her friend. And Zira was thankful for that. But she knew she would have to tell her family this weekend anyways. Zira, could you show your friend Adelaide's room? Zira's mama asked. What about my room? Zira asked, confused. Well, that's for you, sweet pea. Zira's mama had been one of those mothers who went above and beyond bringing snacks to every one of Addie's softball games and never missing a single one of Mary Bell's dance team competitions. She'd organized fundraisers and hosted team parties. She'd been involved in the school theater department even during Zira's brief stint. Nowadays, she was the overindulgent grandmother. So maybe it shouldn't have been surprising that she had a separate room set up for Crowley. But Zira still found it a little odd. She'd always let Addie and Marybelle have their friends stay in their rooms with them when they came to visit from college. Crowley can stay with me in my room. I don't mind. Oh, sweetie, I know. But I think it's for the best this way. Zira didn't have any idea what her mama meant by that. But she also knew that when her mama got an idea in her head, it was best to go along with it. 
Thera showed Crowley to Addie's room, which was across the hall from her own. Crowley's bags were already set neatly next to the bed. I'm sorry, Zira said to Crowley from the doorway as Crowley flopped down on the bed to try it out. I don't know why my mama is being weird about this. It's okay, Crowley said, stretching herself out in that cat-like way of hers. She put the work into setting up both rooms, didn't she? Anyways, it doesn't matter. It's not like we were going to have sex tonight or something. She said it cavalierly, but Zira cringed, because it was true. It would have been true even if they hadn't been trying to keep things hush-hush for the weekend. Things had been slow and hesitant between them. It had been two weeks, but they hadn't moved much past cuddling and cheek kisses. They'd shared one real kiss. Zira had been waiting for Crowley to come to her. And she had, that morning, before they loaded up their bags into Crowley's truck. Their bags were stacked at the door, and Zira was moving to pick one up, and Crowley stopped her. She grabbed her wrist and pulled her away from the bags. She gently pushed her against the wall of there, because it was theirs and it had been for a while. Apartment's entryway. Crowley kissed Zira slowly, and Zira melted, and she knew she couldn't ask for anything better, and she knew she couldn't lose her. Not again. Which meant she had to unequivocally and irrevocably choose Crowley, even if it meant she was on her way to what would very likely be her final pleasant visit with her family. Will you come downstairs with me? Zira asked from the doorway of her sister's room. I don't want to talk to my parents alone. Crowley nodded and sprung up to join her. Zira would tell her family after Easter lunch. They would enjoy the weekend as best they could, and then Zira would tell them. And if after they had spent two days with the loveliest person Zira knew, they still shunned them? If they shunned Crowley? That would be it. It was a hard decision to make. Because she loved her family. But she couldn't stop loving Crowley. So, she and Crowley would go through the weekend as a united front. And if they needed to, they would leave as a united front, too. Their united front was short-lived, though because almost as soon as the two of them sat at the breakfast bar to chat with Zira's mama, Zira's daddy appeared to take Crowley away. The shed door has been hanging for a while, he announced to the kitchen, 
I got new hinges for it. That was usually his way of announcing he was going to disappear in the yard for a few hours to do outdoor labor. Sometimes it was also a bid for help. Zira was not in the mood. That's great, honey, Zira's mama said absently. Crowley, her daddy said next, which was surprising. Can you come out and help me? Um, yeah, Crowley said, sharing a perplexed glance with Zira. Let me just get my shoes. And then Crowley disappeared to help Zira's daddy with the shed, and Zira was left alone with her mama, which was just lovely. Zira looked at her mama for some kind of clarification for why the two of them were acting extra strange. When her mama didn't offer anything, instead paying attention only to the carrots she was peeling for supper over the kitchen sink, Zira ventured forth with her question. Why did daddy just enlist my friend in the yard work? She asked. Oh, Zira her mama said, looking up from the carrot she was working on. Your daddy is trying his best. We both are. All of this is very new for us. You're both trying to be open-minded. But, well, you can't teach an old dog new tricks in one night, can you? Zira stared at her mama blankly. Somehow, she was more confused. Don't look at me like that. You know your daddy isn't a man of many words. He's just doing what he knows. And that's how he bonded with Blaine and Jackson. Blaine and Jackson were Addie and Mary Bell's husbands. Why was she talking about Addie and Mary Bell's husbands? I understand why you didn't want to tell us flat out, sweet pea. But when you said you were bringing her here... Zira cut her mama off. I'm sorry. Tell you what exactly? Sweetheart, we were born at night, but we weren't born last night, Zira's mama said, gesturing with the carrot and the vegetable peeler. I'll admit that we wanted to deny it for a while. She returned to the carrot, peeling it furiously, like it had personally wronged her. And it has taken us some time to come to terms with it. But we thought about it and prayed about it, your daddy and I. We love you, and we don't want to miss out on any parts of your life. So if your honeybun happens to be a woman, understanding hit Zira like a ton of bricks. My honeybun? Zira asked in astonishment. Just to clarify, did you just call Crowley my honeybun? Whatever you want to call it, just spare us the details. Zira took a deep breath. And then she took another one. She was going to need a minute to recover.
What makes you think that Crowley and I are in a relationship? She tried. She wondered if something had changed in the last two weeks in the way she spoke on the phone. She wondered if she'd let something slip. She wondered if her parents had installed listening devices in her apartment. Zira's mama mercifully abandoned her rampage against the carrots to look at Zira with a sort of resigned expression. Well, you were living together, sweet pea. And now you're living together again. We were so happy when we found out. Guess we were so worried about you over Thanksgiving. Not that we particularly approve of living together before marriage. But friends live together all the time. Why did you think? You've never had a boyfriend, sweet pea. That's not true. Johnny from high school doesn't count. Zira couldn't say anything to that, because that had been her only boyfriend, hadn't it? You remember that we met Crowley at your graduation? Zira's mama asked. Zira nodded. Yes, I remember that. Well, you would have had to be blind as a bat to miss the googly eyes you two were giving each other. Now, really. Okay, Zira said. Okay, Zira said again, trying to wrap her mind around the conversation she was in. Just to clarify, if Crowley and I were in a relationship, you would be okay with that? That's what I've been trying to tell you. And we are going to church tomorrow? Well, of course we are going to church. It's Easter, Zira's mama said, as if there was never any reason to call that into question. Except there was every reason to call that into question. You want me and Crowley to go with you to church? As a couple? Oh, come now. We're Methodists. It's not Westboro Baptist. If anyone has a problem with you two, they'll at least have the common decency of not saying so to your face. But what about Daddy's mayoral campaigns? Wouldn't this be a bit of a problem? Oh, sweet pea. Your daddy is retiring after this term. What? We were going to tell you over dinner. Zira didn't think she had ever been hit with so many shocking pieces of information in such a short period of time in her life. And Uncle Todd? In the legislature? Well, don't you worry about that, sweet pea. It could be a good thing. That Democrat almost won that special house race in Atlanta, remember? Times are changing. Zira's mama shook her head like it was a shame which didn't really support the acceptance she was apparently trying to show. Ah. Uh, ah. Uh. Zira couldn't form words or sentences. She stared ahead without seeing anything. Her parents already thought she and Crowley were in a relationship. They weren't disowning her or trying to convince her to not be in that relationship. 
They were trying to be welcoming to Crowley. They had prayed about it. They were okay with it. The reception was a bit lukewarm, but they'd already come to terms with it and were willing to accept it. There wasn't anything Sarah could tell them to shock them more. Well, okay, they probably weren't ready for the bisexuality conversation. But besides that, it was too good to be true. Things didn't happen like this. Bows didn't tie up this neatly. I need to go talk to Crowley, Zira said. Hold on one sec, sweet pea, Zira's mama said. Zira blinked at her, letting her face come back into focus. She and her mama looked a lot alike. They all looked alike, her and her mama and her sisters. Though her mama's hair was gray, now that she'd finally given up on dying, and she had crow's feet at her eyes. Does she treat you right, sweet pea? Zira's mama asked gently. Zira thought about it. It was a good question that she wasn't sure she had asked herself before. She'd always been too busy pining and yearning and generally pitying herself. But she thought about it now. She thought about the way Crowley encouraged her to work on writing her book. She thought about how Crowley comforted her when she had meltdowns and calmed her down when she was anxious. She thought about the years and years Crowley had been there for her, had been her rock. Yes, Zira said. She does. And you treat her right? And that was an even better question, because Zira had done a lousy job of it, hadn't she? But there was no use dwelling on her mistakes. She'd do best to keep moving forward. To make things right now. I'm trying, Zira said. And she was. And you love each other? Zira didn't have to think about the answer to that question. Very much, she said. Well, that's all that's important. Zira nodded slowly. Thank you, Mama, she said. Of course, sweet pea, she responded. I love you. I love you too, Mama. To the moon and back. To the moon and back, Zira responded absently, slipping out of the breakfast bar stool she had been sitting in. She felt as if she was in a daze as she wandered through the house and out the back door. Beyond the stone patio and the impossibly green grass and the peach tree and the weeping willow was the red, barn-style wooden shed. It looked like they had finished with the door because Zira's daddy was opening and closing it while Crowley watched, a power drill hanging loosely in one of her hands. Crowley was wearing that flannel of hers around her waist. Why she had been wearing it in the first place with how warm it was, Zira didn't know. 
and she was wearing black spaghetti straps, and her hair was pulled back into a poofy pony. And there she was, indulging Zira's daddy, acting like she was interested in fixing shed doors. Zira watched as they put the tools away, and her daddy closed the shed. She watched as her daddy shook Crowley's hand, actually shook Crowley's hand. As Zira's daddy headed back toward the house, Zira watched Crowley wander the yard, looking as fascinated as if it were the secret garden. She went to the willow tree and reached a hand out to touch some strands of leaves. The sound of it made Zira's heart spring into her throat. It brought back vivid images of the dreams she had had. The dreams she had had over and over again, flatly different each time. The thing that always remained the same was that they were about Crowley. And there were apples. But Crowley had never been in Zira's yard before. Not in real life. And there were no apples today. The peaches and the peach tree weren't even ripe. There would be strawberries. Strawberries would be ripe in April. Zira walked into the yard to find the strawberry patch. She wanted to share some with Crowley. She wasn't sure how to approach her. This was a delicate subject. She might could share a couple of strawberries to at least get a conversation started. The strawberries were in a large patch to one side of the yard, next to the rows of blueberry stands. Zira picked a few strawberries that looked juicy and didn't look like any animals had bitten them. She strode across the yard to meet Crowley, who had moved to examine the beech tree. She held out two strawberries for Crowley in her outstretched palm. Crowley looked at her suspiciously as she took them. What are you so happy about? she asked. Zira shook her head, aware she was struggling to cover her smile. She popped the greens off of her own two strawberries and popped them into her mouth. They were good, so much sweeter than store-bought. Crowley nibbled on one of the strawberries, and her eyes widened in delight. These are really good, she said in surprise. She ate the first strawberry, dropping the green on the ground, and then put the second one fully in her mouth, holding onto the green, so that she was just sucking her fingers. She closed her eyes and moaned as she sucked and swallowed the strawberry. Seeing that made Zira giggle with pleasure, and she threw delicacy out the window. Kiss me? She asked gently. Crowley opened her eyes and looked at Zira in shock, dropping the green of the strawberry she'd just eaten. What 
hear her? She asked. Magdira had lost her mind. Your parents are right there, she said, pointing towards the heavily windowed house. I know. <sighs> Curly tried before closing her mouth and trying again. What is happening? They know. They know? Yes. You told them? And there was the catch. Because there had to be one. Sarah's smile disappeared. Well, no, she said. I was planning to tell them this weekend, though. I swear I was. Sarah felt like she was becoming hysterical. Because what she thought had been wonderful luck might have been the opposite. Because how could she convince Crowley of her intentions? I was ready to stand up for us. I was ready to walk away from them. I didn't ask you to do that. I know, I know, but I was going to anyways. I was going to wait until tomorrow before we left, but then, but then they guessed, Crowley. They just guessed. I mean, they assumed. That's why they've been acting so weird. That's why they put us in separate rooms. That's why my daddy is trying to bond with you over outdoor chores. Crowley cleared her throat. Oh, she said. But the thing is, Crowley, they're okay with it. I didn't think it was possible, but they're okay with it. Crowley nodded slowly. But I don't want you to think, Crowley. I don't want you to think I wouldn't have chosen you anyways. Zira thought that maybe she was shouting. Because I already told you. I made my decision. And I know, I know what you're going to think. But Zira didn't finish her sentence. Because Crowley surged forward and shut her up in the best way possible. Crowley's hands tangled into Zira's hair, grasping tightly, lips finding hers desperately, and they kissed under the branches of the peach tree full of unwrapped peaches. Zira wasn't sure what to think of it, what it meant, but Crowley's lips were uninhibited and passionate, and they took Zira's breath away. She didn't even care that Crowley's fingers were stained red and getting strawberry gunk into her hair. When Crowley pulled away, they were both panting as they pressed their foreheads together. This is a good thing, Crowley said. Yes? Yeah. Zira closed her eyes in relief and Crowley pecked her quickly. I know what you think I was going to think, Crowley said. And I wasn't going to think that. I believe you. You know why? 
Why? Zira asked recklessly, still trying to recover from Curly's kisses. I have a secret to tell you. What? You're a really shitty liar, she said. Zira opened her eyes and her mouth to protest, but Crowley pecked her again to keep her from speaking. Don't try to argue. You won't win. I know you too well. We're that bosom thing, remember? Bosom buddies. Friends, but how do you even know? Crowley chuckled. Zira, you told me. You can't keep anything to yourself. You can't help it. It's like whatever you were thinking just tumbles out of you. She would choose honesty over tact any day of the week. Zira deflated at that because she couldn't argue, and it was true, and it wasn't exactly flattering. You want to know something else? Crowley asked. What? I really fucking love you. And this time, it was Zira's turn to kiss Crowley. It was their sweetest kiss yet, because it didn't have any caveats, and because Crowley's mouth tasted like fresh strawberries. Only a fool blames a peach for its bitterness before it is wrapped. Zira had been a fool. Zira felt unbelievably happy. It was relief, and it was joy, and it was awe. She couldn't have wiped the smile off her face if she tried. Come on, Zira breathed, when they couldn't possibly keep kissing anymore. I think I heard my sisters get here with their families. I want to introduce everyone to my girlfriend. Crowley let out a pleased tongue. You got it, Peach. 